0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Welcome
2: to Heritage Radio Network on tour. This is our last interview coming to you live from the Slow Food Nations Festival 2018. Woo-hoo! My name is Kat Johnson, I'm Hannah that woohoo Forden. was Hannah Forden. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're so excited to be joined now by Woody Tash, who is the founder of the Slow Money Institute. Welcome Woody. Hi guys. <laughs> so Woody, tell us, we've been hearing a lot about slow food this weekend, and we know we know what that's all about. What is slow money and how does that connect with slow food?
3: Uh, Very simple. If if we want there to be more slow food, we have to do more than just support uh, the producers um, as consumers. We have to support them as investors. So Slow Money is uh, building networks of local investors, mostly in the U.S., a little bit in Canada, uh, one little group in France, something starting up in Australia. But it's it's just local groups of people coming together to take a little of their money out of global markets, Mm -hmm. financial markets, and putting it to work supporting local, organic...
2: And how did you come to, to work with Slow Money and, and develop that movement?
3: Uh, just, uh, you know, a lifetime of trying to figure out something that made sense and finally came up with something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what are, um, can you point to some specific examples of, of groups of people who have embraced the Slow Money concept and, and, done, and done good with their money and their investments? Oh,
3: well, yeah, there are lots of examples. I mean, we have dozens of groups that are doing, actively investing in all kinds of things. Everything from uh, small and mid-sized organic farms, slaughterhouses, cheesemakers, dairies, farm-to-table restaurants, seed companies. I mean, anything that is um, putting carbon into the soil and growing healthy food and getting it to a local market. Um, uh, If people listening want more information, they should go to slowmoney.org. Check the website out. We have lots of examples of things. So so we've been at this. um, My first book, which was increasing into the nature of slow money, investing as a food farms and fertility matter. That came out in 2000, at the end of 2008. And by mid-2010, um, local groups had started organizing. Mm. And uh, now, so since the mid-2010 and now, over $70 million has been invested in over 700 small food enterprises or, through these dozens of local groups. Wow. So there's lots of examples.
2: And how, I mean, obviously, you have the book out, you are participating in events and things like that, but how... So wait,
3: so wait now I have to say the new book, because I plugged my 10-year-old book. So now, <laughs> oh, I, have to,
2: yeah.
4: so
3: now I have to plug the yes. new book, plug away. which is called Soil, Notes Towards the Theory and Practice of Nurture Capital. And the soil stands for the actual soil and also for slow opportunities for investing locally, which is a, a, a new initiative... Um, That's growing out of some work done in Colorado and most recently in Boulder. We have a new soil group. And I'll just say very simply what that is. It's people donating capital uh, in amounts ranging from $250. Uh, There's no upper limit. The upper limit in this one is $50,000. The the highest one is $50,000. So we've raised $235,000 from 75 people. And we're making 0% loans to small, local, organic food enterprises by majority vote of the members. So everybody who puts money in and gets a vote.
0: Mm. One
3: person, one vote, whether you put in $250 or $50,000. We just made our first loan. And so if you think about that, if you keep raising charitable donations and at the top, you make 0% loans, you get most of the loans back, you lose a few, and you carry that activity out for a generation It'll have millions of dollars and it and be a really meaningful thing. So it's slow money. It takes a long time. So those are donations,
2: right not necessarily investments. In other
3: words, yeah. So, well, they're don't, we're making 0% loans, though. So I, I, I just say they're investments where we're leaving the returns in. Mm-hmm. So the, we're, we're not getting the returns for ourselves. We're putting returns in for the community and for the soil.
4: Gotcha. I'm, I'm curious um, what you mentioned a little bit that you're looking for, you know, small-scale organic farms. But I'm curious kind of like... What criteria you and your investors look for in a business to, to decide whether it's you know worthwhile to give them your resources and invest in their business? Well, the
3: the beauty of doing hyper local things with lots of people involved is that you, there's a lot of social cap, there's a lot of local knowledge and social capital mm-hmm. in the group. Yeah. So um, it's obvious already. Even though this particular model that I just described is relatively new in the slow money movement, so mm-hmm. I just want to say that for listeners too. The vast majority of the 70 million dollars has gone directly from small groups of individuals into deals, um, in all different ways. The majority of it were very low interest loans, but again, we don't tell people what. There's no one thing. It's like it's up to people to figure out what the appropriate way to get the money into the deal is. This, what we're talking about, are groups of people making decisions together Mm -hmm. about this little pool of capital, and in that model, it's kind of remarkable. It turns out. People know each other. They know the farmer. They've been selling to that restaurant for three years. There's, there's a lot of history. It's, you're, you're dealing with people who live in a community and live near each other. And so that kind of trumps what you would call more traditional abstract due diligence and checklists and credit reports and all the other things. We do some of that as necessary, but it's, it's just groups of people, um, some of whom have financial experience, like any group of people in a community. Some of us have been around for a while and have done a few things. Um, so, so the answer to your question is the collective wisdom of the group actually determines which things they want to invest in. And, you know, I could say a little more. It's like anything. You, you, you want to do something. You want to work with somebody who's credible, mm-hmm. who has a, a reasonable chance of success. You know, we're not just no one wants to just kind of throw their resources around willy nilly. You're, right. you're looking for things that have a reasonable chance of success or a high chance of success and, and are making a big contribution to the local food system.
2: Yeah, I mean, building on that, like once you have you have someone in mind who's doing, who's maybe an organic farmer doing things the right way, is there? Does in that community do they do like a vetting process before they invest that money?
3: Yeah, that's. I mean, you're just asking the same question a little bit differently. Yes, I mean, there are different. So, for instance, if. if if someone w- wanted to know more, they could actually go onto the soil page on the Slow Money Institute website. We have a website at slowmoney.org that is, is basically a, kind of a holding place for the whole movement around the country. So we try to capture as much of the stories and information and whatnot. And, but in there, there's a list of all the local groups. There's a, there's a place you can go. And if you go onto Colorado, you'll see Slow Opportunities for Investing Locally. Click on there and you'll see our page. And on that page is a, is a link. It says, if you're an entrepreneur and you want a loan, click here. And then there's an application. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're doing it. So then the entrepreneur would fill out the application. It asks a bunch of very basic questions um, that I won't bore people with uh, in the interview. And then a group of us review the applications. And then we interview the entrepreneur. And then we decide if person, if we want to bring that person in front of the group. And then that person comes and makes a presentation if we invite them. And then the whole group decides if they want to do the loan. So there's quite a few. You know, it's not it's not rocket science. But there's a process there by which um, a bunch of people all look at one another and talk to one another before mm-hmm. they make a decision.
2: I think that's interesting because the one thing that keeps coming up over and over this weekend is that um, really to make change in the future of food, we're going to have to reconnect these relationships and focus on that. And it seems like this, the the core kind of tenant to slow money is it's about the relationship you between people. You are a
3: thousand percent correct on both counts. Yeah, I mean, um, when, when we're talking, when we do slow money, if I'm talking in a public group about slow money, um, I usually say at some point that it's not just about local food. It's the, local food is a tool for reconnecting and beginning to rebuild community and beginning to heal what's broken in our culture. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's central to slow food as well. In, in, I would say, particularly in the United States, which is such a money culture where everything's about markets and, and things moving as fast as they can and technological innovation and large-scale everything... Um, the idea of reconnecting at the local level is is extremely important and um of course because i 'm doing this, I believe even maybe more strongly than the average person i mean i, I don 't think we 're going to get the change we want at any level of our politics or anything else unless the change happens at the local level
2: what what 's like the if I if I were to like in New York City decide that I wanted to be a part of the slow of slow food of slow money and to be a part of an investor group, is there any sort of like threat like low threshold of what yeah, money? Yeah, I, you'd be I, I investing? don't think you're
3: intelligent enough. I'm sorry. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean we do have a no. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. So um yeah, I mean so if you, uh, I'll, I'll reframe the question a little bit. If you, if you were to let's say, send a query into Slow Money because you heard about Slow Money and you say, I live in so-and-so, mm-hmm. is there a group nearby? Mm-hmm. We have a staff person who's kind of our liaison, and they would say, yes, there's a group right near you or whatever, or we, you'd look on our page and you'd see there are, there are 30 groups and one of them actually is near you or they're not. If they're near you, then we just connect you directly to them and then you go to the next meeting and you have fun.
2: And then so it's, a, it's
3: all at the local level. We don't. We're, we're not screening or vetting anybody. You're telling people who should be in which meeting. It's you're completely. Making connections. Re- sure. We're yeah. just making the connection. And then
2: is there like a certain amount of money that you have to be able to invest?
3: No, um, it's like any. Uh, and again, all the groups are different. Like mm-hmm. all the group because it depends on who the local organizer is. Some people are doing more public meetings with like pitch fests, like the San Francisco group because of Silicon Valley, and it's San Francisco has a little bit of a different mo. Um, the main group has a little bit different. They're doing every other me- month. They're doing meetings with maybe 100 or 200 people come together. Um, but not so pitch festy. It's more about relationship-based, people finding each other. Um, in, in North Carolina, uh, very few public meetings. It's mostly peer-to-peer. The um, amazing woman named Carol Peppa Hewitt, I'll plug her book, uh, Financing Our Food Shed. She wrote a book about her experience doing the slow money stuff mm-hmm. in, in uh, North Carolina. And she, she's she herself running around North Carolina and putting, she says, I just take people who need money and put them together with people who have money and they do the right thing. Um, She also says, how come you old white guys make everything so complicated?
4: Um, Great question.
3: I agree with most of the things she says, (laughs) but but not all. Um, But so she has facilitated about $3 million worth of loans from roughly 100 different investors into about 70 deals over about seven years. It's really remarkable. I mean, oh. I've never seen anything else quite like it, um, and so each of the groups kind of takes its own um, shape depending on the talents and interests of the of the local leader.
4: I'm curious if there are any um, slow money success stories here at Slow Food Nations this weekend. I don't know if there. are Oh, any,
3: that's a good question. Any right here, you've, well, uh, that might be
4: a hard I, question. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm not sure. First of all, I don't know everybody who's here. So, sure. But, um, but I haven't knowed, I haven't bumped into anybody mm-hmm. that I was aware we're, uh, we were somewhere where someone said they um I'm, I've had so many conversations.
4: Yeah, I'm sure you oh, talking no, about. No,
3: okay, I got it, I yeah. got it. So in one of the one of the uh, sessions at the at the uh, leader summit at the local leader summit on Friday, I uh, was in a breakout session and there was a couple of people from Colorado happened to be in the room and one of them started talking about a, a young a company called Farm Runner on the Western Slope of Colorado and it's a, um, a young couple that is, um, building a small business, um, aggregating, uh, organic produce from small farms and getting it to chefs and other, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a local distribution company, okay. the short version, and they got a little money from some of the slow money people out in that part of the state. Um, but you know, in general, I say we have 700 stories and they're scattered all over the place. Um, and some of them are pretty remarkable and, uh, a little cause for hope. We just want to keep doing it and get get it to happen more.
2: Do a lot of investors um, in slow money? Do they invest in multiple projects?
3: Uh, that's a great question. So of the, so we just passed seventy million dollars, the seventy million dollar mark in over seven hundred things. And that's come from about sixteen or 1,700 investors, the the actual check writers. Now, there's another um, 3,000 people who've donated money to the Slow Money Institute to fund our little staff. Our staff, we charge no no management fees, no transaction fees. We are just a nonprofit organizer, basically. Mm -hmm. So we can only keep doing the work if some people support us, too. Um, so that's a great question. So yeah, so we've got, um, let's say um, uh, we're approaching 2000 people who have actually written a check into a local food deal of some kind, which is pretty, it's kind of exciting, but we want it to be a lot more than that.
2: Well, that leads to my next question is what do you see for the future of slow money?
3: I see lots more slow money. Um, Yay. <laughs>
4: um
3: that's on my good days. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm, I'm hoping we're just early. I was talking to Paolo de Croce, um, the you know one of the higher ups in Slow Food International, or the higher up in Slow Food. International. I'm not sure what his t- official title is, but he's an old friend. And I actually asked him this morning. I said, but, "I said so." Slow Money is is, is right at its tenth anniversary now. We've been around for ten years. And uh, I said, looking back on it, tell me what Slow Food was like in year ten, meaning like in 1999. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun. It was kind of what I thought. He he described how. That Slow Food was just getting to the biodiversity and social justice and starting to identify Presidia. That was all just starting to happen. In fact, I think he said it kind of started maybe right after year 10. So I, I'm hoping Slow Money is very early in its trajectory. We're, we're in year 10. <laughs> Um, it's been a decent decade of collaborative work, and I'm I'm hoping that it will um, continue to build momentum in the future.
4: Congratulations! It's funny because Heritage Radio Network is turning 10 next okay, year, there you so go. it's interesting to hear like landmarks from other organizations that we yeah. you know admire. Uh, yeah. That it's it's kind of nice to hear that things yeah. the 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 best is yeah. there's Ho- more good in the future.
0: Hopefully yes. that is the case. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, well, Woody, thanks so much for sitting down and talking with us about slow money. I think it's a great I- a great concept and idea that I don't think a lot of our listeners maybe are aware of. I Absolutely. know that slow food is, is there. We're closely tied to that organization, but mm-hmm. I think slow money is such a great way to put a lot of our values into action.
3: Uh, put your I money agree. Where your mouth is. Slow food, slow money. We need them both.
2: Yes. Excellent. All right, well, this is going to wrap up our coverage of the Slow Food Nation's 2018 Festival. Such a good weekend. Such a great weekend. Um, Thanks to Hannah. Thanks, Kat. For um, doing all these interviews with me. Thanks to our engineer, David Tadashore for making everybody sound great this weekend. And thanks to Slow Food USA for, I mean, just doing all the work to put this all together. Um, And I want to also thank our sponsors for, you know, supporting our coverage of the festival, Hearst Ranch Beef the Julia Child Foundation, and our friend Julie Schaefer of Slow Food, who we love. Um, So that's going to wrap it up. And we hope to see everybody, and and, um, we hope that you'll hear us again here next year as well. Yes, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks, Woody.
1: Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com.